Hey everyone, welcome back to the Live with Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing studying through the book of Romans and in particular today we'll be reading through Romans chapter 8 verses 18 to 30. So just to recap, we are covering Romans chapter 8 which started with some very positive statements about having a relationship with Jesus. And in verses one to four, we read about how there is no condemnation, meaning disapproval, accusation, damnation, and so on for those who are in Christ. And then in verses five to 17, we read about how as Christians, we are free from defeat, meaning that we're no longer obligated to our old bad ways of living, like ways that weren't in step with God's ways and how we have been loved and accepted into God's family. And what exactly does that mean? So in today's section, we're going to be looking at how we're free from discouragement and how as Christians, we can tackle the very real pain of suffering suffering and hard times. So let's just get right into it. We're going to be reading verses 18 to 30. And as usual, we'll be reading it in the New Living Translation because I feel like that is like a very modern, straightforward translation. And then we'll be breaking it down into smaller pieces from there. So let's get right into it. It says this, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. But we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised for us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we do not yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. So in verses 18 to 22 specifically, Paul, the author, is talking about how creation, which creation is just another word for the earth, it groans. And if you read back in the Bible in Genesis chapter one, at the very beginning, when God finished creating everything, he said that it was good. But today creation is groaning and it's no secret that there is suffering, death, natural disasters, illness, pain, and all of that stuff. And this is the result of Adam's original sin, and it's not the creation's fault at all. It even says so in that verse above. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, Adam sinned, and that sin brought death into the world. Now everyone has sinned, and so everyone must die. So when Adam sinned, he immediately died spiritually. That's what they mean by death and died meaning that his relationship with God was actually severed right then and there. And because of that, he also began dying physically. 
The process of growing old and dying is revealed here to be a consequence of the fall of humanity. And from that point on, every person born into the world has inherited Adam's sin nature and suffered the same consequences of spiritual and physical death. Now, I don't know if this is making sense to you or maybe it does make sense to you and you might be saying, well, I didn't eat the fruit like Adam did. I I wasn't the original one who sinned. Now that's true, but the Bible says that we individually and also as a human race, we were all represented by Adam in the beginning. Kind of like in the same way a diplomat who speaks at the United Nations, for example, they may do or say things that many of his people back in his home country, they might actually disagree with, but he is still a diplomat. And so he is the officially recognized representative of that country, right? So in the same way, Adam was the first created human being. So he is the representative of the human race in the same way. Also, sin has a way of causing a ripple effect. David's sin with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel affected David, of course, but also it affected Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. He died. And then also David's unborn child that he had with Bathsheba as a result of this, that child died as well. And the rest of David's family and even the whole nation was affected. Even Israel's enemies were affected. So sin always has an undesirable effect on those around us in our lives and also, of course, on our own lives. And in the same way, the ripples of Adam's sin are still being felt today. Anyway, going back to Paul, he compares the groaning as not a useless groaning, but he compares it to a woman giving birth. There is pain, but the pain will eventually end when the child is delivered. One day, in the same way, creation will be delivered and the groaning of creation will become a glorious creation instead. So in the same way, we may suffer through our journey here on earth. We might go through hard times, but Paul is reminding us that this world is not our home. It's not our eternal home. We're not meant to be on this earth forever. What's waiting for us is a glorious future earth, a glorious future kingdom where death has been defeated. It no longer is. And tears of sorrow, pain and grief will all be wiped away. And when we firmly hold on to this promise that's from God himself, we can begin to see our current troubles as just light and temporary and just for the moment as compared to the far greater eternal weight of glory. So we may suffer now, but our heavenly reward is definitely worth the wait. Verses 23 to 25 say this, and I'll read it again, but in the contemporary English version. I'm really loving that version. It's really straightforward. It says this, The Spirit makes us sure about what we will be in the future, but now we groan silently while we wait for God to show that we are his children. This means that our bodies will also be set free, and this hope is what saves us. But if we have already have what we hope for, there is no need to keep on hoping. However, we hope for something that we have not yet seen, and we patiently wait for it. So this part is talking about believers groaning. The Holy Spirit gives us a taste of what things will be like in the future one day in heaven. And this makes us obviously want to see God and to hurry up and to receive a new body that isn't broken and to live with him and to be with him forever. We're waiting for Jesus to come back. And it sounds really silly when you say that to unbelievers, but the Bible references Jesus coming back over 1,500 times. Can you believe it? And you've, if you've never heard of it before, basically the return of Jesus brings about what is referred to as the kingdom of God, as it's called in the Bible. And that's God's absolute rule over creation, including mankind. It's written about also in the book of Revelation primarily, and that book is a prophecy book, so it's kind of intense. It's not meant to be taken 
and literally it's full of imagery and everything like that. So I recommend reading it alongside with a Bible commentary or a biblical dictionary because I've spoken to a lot of people about the book of Revelation and they get really freaked out whenever I bring it up and they always tell me that they're scared to read it, that it's scary, they don't understand. And so I would really recommend that you read it alongside a like a Bible commentary just so that you can understand what's going on. But essentially to skip to the end of Revelation, when Jesus returns, evil will be defeated for good and the earth will be restored and essentially God wins. That's why we have nothing to be afraid of here on earth because God will ultimately win. Now your response to Jesus' return will depend on your personal relationship with him. It will either be like how um, John MacArthur puts it, quote, the greatest calamity in all of human history, end quote, or the fulfillment of the blessed hope. Faith in Jesus is exactly what makes the difference. But in the meanwhile, and until that happens, we wait and we hope. And that's the blessed hope that I mentioned. The word blessed or blessed obviously can mean happy or beneficial. So our hope is blessed in that Jesus' return will be amazing. It'll be a joyful experience for the one who is a believer in Jesus. Jesus is our hope and no one can ever take that hope away. In Romans chapter 5 verses 3 to 5 in the contemporary English version, it says, We gladly suffer because we know that suffering helps us to endure, and endurance builds character, which gives us a hope that will never disappoint us. All of this happens because God has given us the Holy Spirit who fills our hearts with his love. So the best is yet to come. We don't get frustrated when we see and experience suffering and pain in this world because we know that it's all temporary. It's temporary suffering and One day, it will just give away to something else way more incredible. Moving on, verses 25 to 30 say, However, we hope for something that we have not yet seen, and we patiently wait for it. In certain ways, we are weak, but the Spirit is here to help us. For example, when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for us in ways that cannot be put into words. All of our thoughts are known to God. He can understand what is in the mind of the Spirit. As the Spirit prays for God's people, We know that God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves him. They are the ones God has chosen for his purpose, and he has always known who his chosen ones would be. He had decided to let them become like his own son, so his son would be the first of many children. God then accepted the people he had already decided to choose, and he has shared his glory with them. So creation, the earth, it groans, we groan, and now we read that the Holy Spirit also groans. So believe it or not, God is actually concerned about the trials and the troubles that his people go through. A lot of people tend to believe that God doesn't care about us. And if he really cared about us, then he would be more active in our lives. But it just goes to show how little people really know about God. But when Jesus was on earth, he groaned when he saw what sin was doing to everyone. And today the Holy Spirit groans with us and feels the burdens of our weaknesses and suffering. But the Holy Spirit does more than just groan. He prays for us in his groaning so that we might be led into the will of God. Now, we don't always know what God's will is and we don't always know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us that we might live in the will of God in spite of suffering. So the Holy Spirit shares this burden with us and that should encourage us, especially because in times of suffering and pain, we know that God is at work in the world still, and he ultimately has a perfect and good plan. And God actually has two purposes in that plan, our good and ultimately his glory. He will and wants to make us like Jesus. And the best part about that is God's plan always succeeds. Like I said earlier, if you read the end of the book, he wins. He has predestined that 
every believer would be like his son Jesus. Now, don't get those words twisted. I'm not talking about predestination and I'm not saying that God predestines people to go to hell or anything like that. That's what some people interpret this verse to be. Like that's that's not what he's saying. <laughs> God doesn't predestine people to go to hell and be condemned forever. People choose that for themselves. If they end up going there, it's because they refuse to trust in Jesus. So I'm just going to read the, uh, those verses again, verses 28 to 30. It says, we know that God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves him. They are the ones God has chosen for his purpose, and he has always known who his chosen ones would be. He had decided to let them become like his own son, so his son would be the first of many children. God then accepted the people he had already decided to choose, and he has shared his glory with them. So remember that God is operating endlessly in the lives of those who love him. He's sovereignly working out his plan in the world and for eternity. The Christian life is not a random, unintentional, coincidental, just mere existence. As God's children, we're called to live a new life, a life of realizing and understanding his good purposes for us. And we can stand on this solid truth and reframe our difficulties in a brand new way. And that gives us hope. We can face hard times with confidence and trust that every single part of this challenge is already a part of God's ultimate plan to transform our old ways into what he has purposed for us to be. So I'm going to end this episode right here. I hope this episode made sense and that it encourages you today. And I really can't wait for the next episode to just get right into it. I can't believe it's almost the end of 2022. I'm really sorry for the inconsistent uploads. Me and my husband have been really sick on and off and I finally feel well enough to record again. I did record these episodes a while ago when I was still kind of sick, but it just didn't turn out very good. So I'm just re-recording everything. But I hope you guys have a really wonderful holiday season and a really great new year. And I really hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you next time in 2023. Bye everyone.